1: Good evening and welcome to Unscripted, the film show for another Thursday night on Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM, the top station on your dial. I am Lewis, joining me is uh, Rachel...
0: Good afternoon, Unscriptonites. How is everybody? <laughs>
1: unscriptonites. I like that. I like that. <laughs> um, and uh, not joining us is Cecilia because she has been uh, held, held back at work. Yes.
0: Yeah, uh, which but that's is, all right. Yeah. We've got tons to talk about tonight, so um, it's going to be okay. We're going to get you through the, the afternoon or whenever you are listening to this. Um, I'm not on the panel tonight, which is um, a bizarre circumstance it's neither it's normally myself or Cecilia, but um Lewis is at the helm today, so there you go um, yep. but Lewis has been very busy going to see some fringe stuff he was uh, out very late last night watching ant-man which was released at midnight I think well not actually they, they, no, a bit they earlier
1: they generally speaking uh, now uh, they'll release a lot of the the Marvel films on the Wednesday night but like just you know six o'clock eight o'clock we actually went to an eight o'clock screening yeah. and uh, and watched it in the in the three of D um, oh. so uh, yeah but I'll be reviewing the film a bit a uh, bit later on in the show uh, but yeah we're doing a lot of fringe as well like um, Usually, um... January, February is kind of busy for me because I, I like to go and see a lot of Fringe shows. Yeah. But usually the amount of movies is kind of like reduced because usually you, know, you get a, you know, uh, a glut of movies in the middle of the year where it's the American summertime and then at this point of the year where it's like the colder months in America, there you know you don't get so many. Mm. Maybe you'll get a few like more Oscar baby Oscar-bay, kind of films coming yep, out. Yep. But this year so far has been quite full on for films. Like really a lot of films have you know, hit the ground. Mm. Um, so it's been like, uh, and and fortunately, they've kind of like fallen on days I didn't have Fringe Stuff books. So it was kind of like I was Convenient. either doing Fringe Stuff or seeing movies. So it feels like I've been out a lot. So I'm kind of... Happy that Fringe is ending this week. Mm.
0: <laughs> You've been very busy. Mm. Um, I, of course, haven't gone to the cinemas. Um, I will be discussing discussing hmm, uh, mm. some things that are on streaming services at the moment. So, um, a couple of um, newish films or documentaries and um, new TV shows. So, yeah. But um, I, last week, um, I, I try not to stay up too late, but... I, I did a little bit because I really wanted to see The Black Phone. I've been waiting oh, yeah, for certainly. it to hit streaming like for free for quite a long time and it's finally, I think it was on Netflix that I found it. So this is the the film based on a book uh, written by Joe Hill who is um, Stephen King's son. And I know Cecilia saw it last year and I was a bit hesitant because you know there's kids involved. Have you seen The Black Phone? Oh yeah. I saw it a plane. Yeah. Yeah. Like a- because there was kids involved and it's a horror type film, I was a bit hesitant because I'm like, you know, it's not gonna be pretty and there were elements of it that were a bit not pretty. Uh but I really liked the way it all came together uh at the end. Like all these elements that this this boy who had been kidnapped all these elements that were coming to him eventually helped him in the end. They all kind of, and I think, you know, I thought it was really, really well done. And mm, I think Ethan mm. Hawke was really great. And um, so if you haven't seen it yet, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, Ethan
1: Hawke's really good. And the, the, the use of the mask. Yeah. Uh, God, was, that
0: mask is creepy. Yeah.
1: Because it was a different, like, you know, bits were taken out and yeah. put in and gave him different expressions. It was some... Yeah, really good costuming.
0: Yeah, so it's a cross between like there's a little bit of paranormal type stuff happening in there as well as a bit of horror and um, some suspense, thrillery type things. But I just really enjoyed how all of the pieces fit together Mm, at the end to yeah so I was really happy with that but because it was kind of creepy I'm like uh, I kind of need a palate cleanser (laughs) before bed so I was up until like just after midnight. Oh really? Yeah because um I wanted to watch the Pamela documentary and it was it had only been out for a few days, so I was like, well, I'll just watch a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. Um, cue me watching the whole thing. So
1: <laughs> so it was engrossing then.
0: It was mm-hmm. engrossing. So uh, it is on Netflix. It's Pamela, A Love Story, and um, it is really interesting to watch things from her point of view and um, she talks about... It, this was getting made uh, around the same time as the release of... Um, The Pammy and Tom... Pam and Tommy, yeah. 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 So I watched a couple of episodes of that, but then I stopped watching it because it was making me feel really uncomfortable. And then I heard that Pamela Anderson was really against it being done. And so I was like, I'm kind of glad I didn't finish watching it. Um, But, you know, it was a really horrific time for her and it ruined her reputation and her, you know her career and, yeah, it was just a very, very interesting documentary looking at things from from her point of view and, like, you know, hearing how she grew up mm. and then how she got into things. I think she's a really, really intelligent person and I think, unfortunately, because of the way things have gone and because she started out in Playboy and she got breast implants and all that sort of stuff you know, people have not been able to see how intelligent she is. So she kept all of these diaries. She was a prolific um, journal keeper and she sent everything up to her mum's house. So she she couldn't read them herself but she got somebody to read parts of oh. them um, during this documentary and I think she has actually written a book. So I think this documentary goes along with uh, the book that she's written and I'm not surprised she's written a book because a lot of the pieces that get read... From her journals are incredibly well written. Like, I think she's quite a good writer. Mm. So, um, yeah, if you're interested um, in, in seeing that, that's an, on Netflix, the Pamela, a love story. And, um, yeah, the whole I I had a few moments of getting a bit teary. I'm like, she's such a good mum. <laughs> so, yeah, and just getting angry at paparazzi and. Mm you know she she had a night off with tommy once when her kid was born her oh. mum was staying home with her um her newborn or like a few weeks old or whatever and people are yelling at all the paparazzi yelling at where's your baby you're a bad mother and all this and i'm like oh my god oh mm-hmm. people are horrible but anyway i enjoyed it
1: oh that's good that's good. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I saw uh, a bit of fringe uh, fringe stuff uh, over the last month, as we mentioned before. Mm. And there's only a few more days left of fringe to go. I think it finishes uh, on Sunday, uh, but there's uh, yeah still time to go out there and see a, f- a few more fringe shows. But there was um, a few of the, the shows just uh, to. I want to highlight that I, uh, I saw, uh, obviously, uh, on, at every Fringe, I always go and see Luke Boland's show, Yeah. Um, and he had a show in this this year's Fringe called uh, Former World World's Youngest Person, uh, which is everyone at the end of the day, because <laughs> everyone at some point in time was the world's youngest person. Uh, it may, may have been for a of seconds, but you, you were at some point the world's youngest person. Yeah. Um, his, his show was was really great. Uh, another show that stood out for us um, that uh, I didn't know the, the comedian before um, it was a guy called uh, Dane Simpson, and uh, he's a uh, an Aboriginal comic from uh, from the east coast, and he he did a, a show called Didgeridoozy. Um, <laughs> And the, uh, because Dane Simpson's uh, an Aboriginal guy, Mm. and uh, he learnt the didgeridoo when he was a, a, a young kid. And uh, so his, his the comedy is a uh, you know a bit about uh, you know learning the dig, a bit of history about the dig, but it's also about his you know upbringing, his family, um, and it was really entertaining. It was a, a great um, you know sixty minutes of of, of stand up. Um, but the the thing is is that uh, usually you can't see these these shows, and then once Fringe is no longer on. Yeah, you, know, you can't tell people to go and see yeah. the, the show, uh, but Didgeridoozy is actually a, a show you can see if you go to Amazon Prime. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, and you can you can watch it there, which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because um, I I do have Prime, so um, that that's good to know
1: yeah so uh yeah, so it's Dane Simpson, Didgeridoozy, and yeah, I look forward to you know catching more of his stuff uh, next time he's in in Perth and uh see what he does what he does next um, but yeah it's um the 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 fringe is, is really good um uh, I just can 't believe it 's almost done it's just we're so quick
0: it it did <laughs> go by quickly we we decided not to go to anything this year just because we 're saving up for mm. Melbourne. Um, we'll probably see a couple of things, um, at the comedy film festival, comedy film festival, comedy festival there in Melbourne. So, uh, squeeze that in with the F1. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah a couple
1: of things excellent mm. um yeah so uh, yeah if you do feel like going and see some some live uh, uh, performance stuff uh definitely go and uh, and check out fringe and um I'm, I'm sure you'll find something good if you go to, if, you, if you don't know what to go and see just go to the pleasure gardens and uh you know they've got a board there of different shows are on mm. and just just pick something it's all been vetted like you know it's it's, it's all going to be good so. yeah yeah go go and check that out um now, last week I did go and see uh, Magic Mike, uh, Magic Mike's Last Dance, uh, which is the, the third Magic Mike film, and I know that Cecilia uh, gave her review of it last week, so I'm not going to you know, go over old ground. That's already been covered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but no, I thought it was a you know, great movie. It was like uh, Selma Hayek and uh, Channing Tatum, they had... M- such chemistry in this film, and he does this dance for her at the start of the film, and it's just so like it's the uh, just sexy and, and erotic, and yeah. it's just it, it was it was amazing that uh, yeah uh, that yeah the, the the cinema was just a buzz with with energy after that uh, that uh, for the opening you know dance number, um, but no, it was it was really good, really entertaining, and like bring it into mm. bring it to the UK and having it in London. You know, and having it in London with the two leads, one being like you know uh, spanish uh, well, Mex- uh, mexican, mexican yeah yep. a Mexican person and an uh, American person you know doing a, a show in a old you know London theater um, it was good I just liked all of the the, the really mixing things up
0: That's and- that's interesting because cecilia. Hated it. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think she gave it one.
1: Oh, that's interesting. No, it had great, It was great. I thought it was. Because uh, um, it, you know,
0: it didn't bring back a lot of the cast that you're familiar with um, was one of the things, and there was less of the the stripping than she was expecting. <laughs> I think maybe I don't know. I, I, but just she, she just thought the plot was a bit naff, and it was missing the elements of the traditional Magic Mike films. Oh, interesting! But then I haven't seen the second yeah. one. Like I said last week, I haven't seen the second one because I f- saw the first one. Well, the thing, one was enough for me. Yeah. Well, the
1: thing is, is, like the the whole like you know the stripping in America kind of kind of thing. They they played that out in the first two films. So to have this one where they were doing something you know different, and 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 Mike could he'd stopped the stripping he was just like his business had kind of like folded because you know COVID. uh so it was kind of a guy trying to get himself back on his feet who like fell on his feet because he uh, you know a rich lady decided that um i want you to come over to um england and screw with my husband <laughs> well ex-husband sorry ex-husband um and it, and uh, she had this daughter, and the daughter and her, I thought, had a real um, uh, Saffy and and Adina kind of uh, vibe from ABFAB. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you know how you know you've got the the bit eccentric mum and the very straight laced daughter, mm. and you know that that sort of thing going on. So I kind of enjoyed that as well. So yeah, I just thought it was a really enjoyable film, and just uh, I, I thought the dance numbers were, were good. I thought the way that they kind of mixed it up, and it's it's. It juxtaposes well with uh, Welcome to the Chippendales, which is on Disney Plus, which is about the creation of the male stripper. Mm. Like I'm sure there might have been male strippers beforehand, but the the Chippendales are really the the ones that you know everyone kind of points towards as as far as male strippers go.
0: Yeah,
1: and so yeah, it's a I've, I've watched I think three or four episodes now, and um, it's great. It's really entertaining, and it's uh you know just to to see the you know the the what was a mail stripper then compared to what is a mail stripper now as well so a-
0: and uh, i mean it wasn't without its controversy that's why the show is so interesting because mm. i mean stuff kicks off at the end of the first episode mm. and things only go south from there so yeah, that's on Disney Plus, is it? It's on Disney Plus. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 And it, it's a uh, uh, Kamal Nanjani uh plays the Indian guy who creates the tri- Chip and but he originally wanted it to be a, a batgammon club. Like that was mm. the, that was the idea. Was he, I'm going to open up a club and it's a batgammon club because people are playing batgammon, and he opens his club and there's just no one there. No, and uh, and then it isn't until he goes to a, a gay bar and sees the, the, some, like, men kind of stripping, dancing kind of thing. And then he, the light bulb goes on when, hang on, Tick, there's lots of female strip clubs, but there's no strip clubs where men take their clothes off for women. So mm. let's do that. And uh, and so he, he does that. And you just see how, how it evolves, like, from, like, this basically guys taking off their, their clothes and not being very good at the dancing side of things to pretty bit of showmanship and stuff into mm. it and yeah i thought it was very very interesting
0: and if you are interested in the background or criminal kind of getting deep into the crime side of things with that um there is a really in-depth uh podcast episode of from true crime and cocktails where they go into the whole Chippendale side of things so that's where i learned all the uh the Deep Dark Secrets. Ah. So if you do want a bit of a, more of a deep dive, um, you can have a look at that too.
1: Excellent. That sounds good. Well, I think I might just uh, go to, throw to an ad now and then we shall come back and uh, start talking about uh, some, some films else. and TV shows and, and whatnot. And we're back. Um, usually like Cecilia or Rachel will play like one of those little sweeper things. and yep. I'd, I'd, I'm playing by the cinema pants. I thought, nah, mm-hmm. just just jump straight back in. It's all You're good. You're listening yeah. to us. Uh, there you go. Now, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. It's it's amazing that we already have a a Marvel film out in 2023. Like, because usually, like the first Marvel film doesn't hit our our screens until like April, May. And I don't know if you've noticed, but this is February.
0: Uh, I have noticed. Yes, indeed. Yeah.
1: And so, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is the. I don't know 100th uh <laughs> in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, it does feel that way. It's uh but no, it's uh, and it's the first film because we've had uh I think I think this is the fifth uh bit of like you know how it's in uh segments the Marvel film but anyway don't Okay. Yeah. Uh, but anyway the uh this is kind of getting into the meat of the new um phase the new phase, uh, because the last we had the infinity saga, and this is kind of the multiverse saga that we're going right. into now. Mm-hmm. And the, um, the, the big bad in this saga is uh, Jonathan Major's. Kang uh, and all his other iterations. Uh, we, we've already met one of them in the Loki TV show and then we've met Kang in this TV show, so in this movie uh, and then uh, we'll see other versions of him uh, as we go through the other films. Um, but in this film uh, Ant-Man and the Quantum Quantumania it's the most like uh, uh, comic bookie of the Ant-Man films to date because the the other ones... Uh, more grounded. It's, you know, Scott Lang was a uh, was a, a burglar um, and he got caught and was in jail uh, in the first one and then he comes out and he meets up with Hank Pym and then he becomes Ant-Man and you know, has to fight Yellowjacket and it's a very you know, standard kind of you know, superhero origin story. Um, in the second one, uh, they go... He's got two adversaries, but they're not real bad guys, they're kind of uh, bad person adjacent uh, but in that one they go into the quantum realm and rescue uh, Janet Van Dyne who's played by Michelle Pfeiffer uh, and you know, they spend a bit of time in the quantum realm, but it's just it's not a lot. And in this film, basically the whole film takes place in the quantum realm. So you you got a little bit up front where they're just uh, like catching you up on where Scott's at and mm. uh where his daughter Cassie's at and uh you know where Hank and um Janet and Hope and everyone is is at. And then they get sucked into the quantum realm and they've got to, you know, A, figure out how to get out and B, like, not get killed by the big bad in the, the quantum realm who is Jonathan Major's Kang. And it's um, there's nothing, like, challenging about this story. It's a very straightforward story. It's very pretty. Like, the, the, the quantum realm is a uh, got just a, a amazing... Um, uh, creatures and buildings and and just like uh, the, the environment is really cool. And I liked seeing it in, in 3D, but uh, my wife Kat's never been a big fan of 3D and she didn't enjoy it as much. She said the Quantum Realm stuff that was all digital looked mm. cool and you really get the, the, the 3D effect there. But anything that was filmed uh, with actual human beings in, it, in the real world was just, didn't look great because it was just uh, – it wasn't filmed in, uh, like, 3D. It was just yeah. post-produced in 3D. So – and I, I can see where she's coming from with that. But the I, – I enjoyed it. It's a bit heavier than the, the other Ant-Mans. There's still a lot of levity, a lot of jokes and stuff like that in there, but not as much as in, in the previous ones. And you are missing, like, uh, in the – the past Ant-Man films, um, you had the uh, character... No Michael Penner? No Michael Penner, yeah. Which is weird well, cause, like...
0: No Michael Penner, no me at the cinema. Yeah,
1: because Michael Penner, like, he made a lot of the... He, had, he always had the best scenes in the film. Yeah,
0: he was the comic relief. Yeah. And, yes... Yeah, I so, mean, Ant-Man has comic lines and everything but... Yeah. Michael Penner's character was pretty comedic. Oh, there's some great, great
1: lines in this film. Like, there's some really, really good lines in the film. Uh, But it's just, yeah, you don't have have that that group that uh, Scott's, you know, his little, you know, gang Mm. that in the first film they were going to pull off a heist and in the second film uh, they'd start a security company. Uh, Here they they just aren't there. Although... um, uh, Dismolchon, De Schmoltz, De what's his uh, what's his first name? Uh, David, De the, De the De tall, skinny guy, yeah, David Smolchon. He's got a credit in there, and like, where was he? Like, if I see a blinking and I'll mi- and you miss that scene, because I don't remember seeing it, or it him got in the film. cut might have been but he got like you know after the uh before they have the the first cut scene they always have like you know, uh Michael Douglas and, uh, yep, yep. and um you know they they list all the main Important, actors yeah. and he his credit was there and I was like really I don't remember seeing David Duchovny in there that's that's really odd so um yeah, but if you when you go and see the film, there is two cutscenes. scenes. So one after the uh, the the first bit of the um uh credits, uh and then right at the end there's another cut scene there. And uh yeah, I think they're both worth saying for. So yeah, yeah particularly um yeah, I'd like to say, you know, there's a TV show coming up. Um uh, that uh, you know, it'd be good to see this this cutscene before that TV show comes on, right? Just to remind yourself, oh my god, I, I I like that guy, and and the other guy he's with, he's really good as well. I like them both together. They they play each other really well. I guess I'll have really
0: to well. uh, <laughs> ask you off air because I've completely fallen off the the Marvel radar. Like I just don't know what's going on with it. There's there's just too much content, and once it got to a certain point, I just couldn't catch up. And so I just haven't. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, whoops. It's, it's going to happen and I, I think I'm just marvelled out. Well, I mean, that's... Uh, and, and I think the thing is, you know, it's very hard to watch a lot of those Marvel films without knowing the background. So unless you pinpoint ones where you don't have to know other stuff... And you can just jump in and watch it. That's what I struggle with.
1: I, I think most of the Marvel films, uh, really, you can watch them as standalone films. Mm. But you've just you're
0: just not going to get everything.
1: Yeah, and and the that's the beauty of it is, is that you can like bring someone along. And go, oh, come and watch this film, and you can enjoy that film for what it is. Mm. But then uh, you can also enjoy it as part of a, a larger whole. Mm. So it's yeah, with this one here, I mean. You don't really need to go and see like the first two Ant-Man's to enjoy this film. You could go and see this film, and they fill in all the gaps for you anyway. So you're not going to be lost. Um, and yeah, it, I, I think this for me, this film was was great, and it had a kind of Star Warsy feel to it, mm. uh, like with all these these creatures that you you find down in the, oh, the yeah. quantum realm because the. The quantum realm is like, uh, you know, it's a part of our world. You just, like, you're shrinking down and down and down and down and down until you're just, like, nothing. And so you're tiny, but because everything else in that world is tiny as well, you you feel like you're in... The same, the real, the real world. Like you feel like you are life size, but
0: I, I think it's best not to try to explain yeah. the quantum realm. I think it has to be seen, uh, to it's be not, explained. Yeah, it's
1: not space; it's not our no. space. It's like inner space.
0: Yes, like, yeah, yeah, but not that movie Inner Space with with um, Dennis Quaid, no, no. where he goes into. I think it was um, Martin Short's body.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: no. Do you remember that movie?
1: I, I remember there was a movie called In the Space. that's, yeah. uh, that's uh, the, the the extent of it.
0: Gosh, um, there were some interesting movies back in the day. <laughs> so, how are we scoring this Ant Man?
1: Um, I am going to give um, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania uh, four energy orbs. Right. Yes, because the. Um, in in the film, uh, Jonathan Major's Kang the Conqueror comes to the quantum realm uh, and his ship crashes there and he's got to repower this orb and he's kind of one of those people who, who originally comes off as being, oh, he's a nice guy and then, then you have a, a point where you go, oh, no, this guy's a real douchebag. <laughs> it's like a- the
0: Jake Gyllenhaal um, mystery dude in Spider-Man.
1: Um, yeah, kind of, yeah. Because he came
0: off as like originally not a bad guy and then it was like the baddest. Yeah,
1: but I, I think this one's a little bit different than that. But uh, Jonathan Major plays the character really well and this guy's just having the time of his life. He's in Creed, you know, in a couple of weeks' time as well. So it's, it's pretty impressive to have like two big, you know, movies in the cinemas at the same time.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, while we are talking about um Marvel stuff just quickly, John Favreau um got his star on the Walk of Fame this week. Um and he was joined by um his chef friend whose name escapes me, um and Mr. Iron Man himself. So Oh, oh nice. He was looking very lovely and trim and like he hasn't aged and yeah. So weird. Well seeing. done, John Favreau. Yeah, he
1: done very well. It's just, but it's weird seeing Danny Junior with his, his 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 nude nut.
0: Uh, it was a bit weird because <laughs> I was like, I don't know. Like I know the chef dude, I know him, but who is the old dude standing next to him in the glasses? Like I don't recognise him, <laughs> and then I realised who it was, and I was like, wow. Yeah, he's he's fully not looking like himself anymore. Mm. He's, like, really trim and really bald. But, but not, like, bald bald, not cue ball bald, yeah. just, like, grey shaved, like, a number two or something.
1: Well, I thought he was, like, just completely complete black skin. I thought he would, it was not skin. Was,
0: oh, no, no, he had grey, grey oh, short, okay. short
1: hair no i know he did he took it off for a roll right and uh he he got got his kids to shave his head and stuff which i reckon if you're gonna be yeah you gotta lose your hair for a roll or something like that that's a that's a way to go about it like win those browning points with the kids
0: yeah
1: yep yeah but uh anyway i think we shall go go to another ad and uh and come back with it more after this and that was uh, a very quick ad. But, uh, yeah, go go to Lunar uh, and Essex and Ludoliniville as well. Give them a shout-out. There's uh, some really great stuff they're showing. And, uh, yeah, I've been uh, – actually, I forgot. Um, is um, After Sun – is that out yet? Because I've seen that as well.
0: After Sun? Yeah, you, you look at – Just Sun or – uh, no, the no, one with Hugh Jackman in it? No,
1: no, not that one. No, no, this is After Sun.
0: Right. I'm not too sure. I'll let you do some research and in the meantime I will talk about the um, new Netflix movie uh, Your Place or Mine um, and it is a Reese Witherspoon, uh, Ashton Kutcher rom-com. Uh, I... I have said multiple times I'm not really into rom-coms. But as time goes on, I seem to be watching a lot of them and I think part of it is that there's not much thought that needs that is required. You know, there's a formula. Um, you kind of know what's going to happen. It's predictable. It's just how how is it going to get done. So my main reason for watching this was because... Um, I'm a big fan of Tig Notaro, mm-hmm. um, the comedian and podcast, um, you know, extraordinaire and writer and just like living legend. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of hers and I listen to her um, podcast, True Story, I think it's called, and it's got her and Cheryl Hines. They watch documentaries and then they talk about the documentaries okay. that they've watched, but it's it's like you know, 30% documentary conversation and explaining the documentary and then 70% like humour and getting off topic and then eventually getting back on topic and, yeah, it's very, very funny. So the only reason I knew about this film was because Tig Notara is in it and she talked about the fact that it was going to um, be ready to be watched shortly and uh, I was not disappointed. Um Notaro was very good in this film and there was a little um, – a little nod to people who listen to her, her podcast because Cheryl Hines and Tig, they they say, mm. Hey, girl, hey. And hey, Tig, hey. hey. Hey, Cheryl. And when people write in, like if you wrote into them, they'd be like, hey, Lewis, hey. It's just their thing. So the right. first time she's on screen and she sees her friend, uh, Reese Witherspoon, Debbie, she goes, hey, girl, hey. And I'm like, ah, that's like a podcast thing. And I got really excited. <laughs> anyway.
1: Was that... Uh, that was... <clears throat> Uh, not a coincidence. It was like that. that no, shit, that. I
0: think that's just, I think she squeezed it in there. Right, right. Because that's just what she said. Yeah. Anyway, um, so it's, it's about Debbie who is going to New York to do this like uh, accounting type course for a week and so she gets a babysitter for her son who she has bubble wrapped. Um, he's allergic to everything and she's just made she's just scared about life really Mm. um she wants to be responsible and sensible and all the bulls (laughs) and um so her life is really not that fun Mm. she she used to want to be an editor obsessed with reading and she had this one night stand with ashton kutcher's character peter who was obsessed with writing so um so you see them right at the start having their one night stand and then it's 20 years later. And they're friends and he lives in New York and she lives in LA and stuff happens and he ends up having to fly to LA to take care of her son for a week while she flies to New York to do her course. Right. So she's staying at his house and she's he's staying at her house and then, you know, it's it's one of those things, but they talk a lot and then, you know, obviously they probably are in love with each other <laughs> because it's a rom-com, right? Um, But there's a lot of, like, humorous bits in here. I don't know that they really had the chemistry I, I wanted, mm. to be honest, and it kind of was weird.
1: Sorry, so it was, was Aston, Aston Kutcher and... Ashton Kutcher Reece and, and Reese Witherspoon. Right.
0: Yeah, I just struggled when they kissed. I'm just like, I don't know. Didn't seem right. But um, anyway, it was still really entertaining. Um, and um, it, it, Steve Zahn is in there as well. Not a huge role, but enjoyable as always mm-hmm. because it's Steve Zahn. Um, and, I mean, you know, it's easy to watch because it's on Netflix. So, yeah. You know, one of, the, one of
1: the things I'm kind of like happy about in the this era... Is that we're seeing like people like you know, Sandra Bullock uh, and um, uh, Selma Hayek and Reese Witherspoon are all actresses who are like you know they're not in their yeah they like isn't?
0: late forties mid mid to late forties Sandra Bullock's in her fifties
1: yeah yeah or I think it's, yeah Selma Hayek's like like late fifties kind of thing as well she's so.
0: late fifties I think my so. God she looks good what's uh, what's uh, look? um I don't know but she's she looks stunning um. Uh, yeah.
1: So but right. I do
0: enjoy the fact that there are people of normal ages in... 56 years. So 56. I, I think of a mid-50s. Mid-50s. Mid-50s.
1: Yeah, so... But the, the thing is, though, that, like, you didn't see, like, you know, women, like, you know, past... Thirty uh, in romantic comedies mm. as the romantic interest, but then you know last year we had you know um, we we had uh, Sandra Bullock in that role uh, opposite Channing Tatum, mm-hmm. and now we've got, got Selma Hayek opposite Channing Tatum, and then <laughs> in this case, I mean admittedly in this case you know um, Reese Witherspoon and Aston Kutcher are probably yeah, you know, around the same age. Yeah. So, but it's good that we're not just seeing this whole like old dude, young chick kind of dynamic. Well,
0: and um, I reviewed uh, Shotgun Wedding last week, which was on um, Prime, mm. and that's got J Lo, who's I think at least fifty, um, but you know she could pass for thirty five at least. So, you know, um, yeah, and I also like that there's characters that don't have children and their lives don't revolve around children Mm, and that's mm. okay and not everything is leading to that um but there was just bringing it back to well children and Tignataro. there was a moment in this film where she was talking to her friend about how when she goes on holidays her favorite thing to do is just sit in the bath um of whatever hotel she's at and not hear I'm hungry every two seconds and as a mother that's really triggering those two words (laughs) I'm hungry so I felt very seen (laughs) so yeah Um, I'm going to give it three and a half um, uh, 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 yellow envelopes
1: yellow envelopes intriguing
0: uh, yeah, I, I don't have children. Uh, I don't know how people do it. Um, it's well, when a man and a woman <laughs> love each other very much, or they don't, and they just hook up. Well, no, I know that. I know that part of it, uh, and that seems I like. I like that part of it. That yeah. part of
1: it's good. Uh, the the other eighteen years afterwards, mm-hmm. uh, that that scares me, uh, yeah. and I don't understand how people do it. Uh, like I, my life is uh, like I just don't have time for very much at all like literally it's like i get out of bed you know i I go to the gym i go to work i come home i go to like a movie i come back i go to bed i get up i go to the gym it's like how do people fit children in there
0: Uh, they remove some things i certainly don't get up and go to the gym i certainly don't see as many movies as you do i spend a lot of time watching streaming services instead that's kind of how we've balanced it out and it's It's kind of good, you know, because the three of us watch different stuff because there's a lot of people out there who can't get to the cinemas. So, you know, I'm the person who's watching all the streaming services when I can afford all of them (laughs) 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 Um, and, you know, telling people what's on, Um, you know. It just you just squeeze things in, I, and I, I'm working full time at the moment, and doing uni and being a mum, so it's tiring.
1: Multitasking, yes, multitasking.
0: I uh, don't know how well I'm doing it, but yeah, yeah. there's. But I, I, you know, I do bitch about being a mum occasionally, but honestly, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. Mm. You know, and I'm lucky. I've got a really cool kid. <laughs> you know, not every kid is as cool as my kid.
1: Well, it's, it's, kind, of a, it's, it's kind of a risky proposition because your kid could be a tool. I know. And, you know. It'd be like terrible if you're like,
0: oh, for the kid, he's a tool. I'd be that's mortified. Mortified. Yeah. mortified. Like, I've
1: got, I've got a dog and she's a bit of a dick now, but that's only because she's got, like, yeah, you know, she's old and, and she's got a mental and, you know, but, uh, you know, she just, her, her, her annoying things are just like, she just is hungry. <laughs> so, so a bit like a child in that way. There you way. go. Yeah. You can
0: Relate, and, okay. and I've got two cats, and one of them is a nightmare. Mm. And she's not old; she's young.
1: She's, oh my God! She's get... got
0: her niceties, but mostly she's like a, just a little psycho. Just gonna and get... we thought the first one was a psycho. <laughs> she chilled out. She's mellow. She's a mellow four-year-old. But this one, she's one, and she's still like she's a nut bar.
1: And you had no, you had no idea because you never did cats before. You, no, yeah, no, yeah. not
0: since I was a child, and. The, my only memories really were of Thomas being old and sleeping a lot, mm. um, which these cats do. They sleep a lot, but they also do other things. Yeah. They are quite entertaining. To have two kids, uh, cats is very entertaining. Yeah. It's, I need TV when you can watch them fight.
1: I, I was a, a cat person until uh, recently we got the, the chihuahuas, and now I'm definitely more of a, a dog person because cats are more – just difficult to deal with uh, and and dogs you can just like if you go away somewhere you can just go here, look after this, and just hand it to someone so it' it 's uh. very nice but the um uh, the cat she 's twenty this year and and she 's going insane as well, so every now and again she'll just she decides she lives in the laundry now uh, and so she's she's in there and every now and again you'll just hear this alarming Meow, <laughs> and it's just her, her going off, just going. I'm still alive, just in and case. It's echoing
0: in the light, in the laundry as well. Yeah. It's all echoing. Oh yeah, she
1: likes it for the acoustics. So, oh yeah, 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 for the
0: acoustics. Yes,
1: yes. She's she's posh like that. Um, the the other film I mentioned after Sun, I not going to review it today because it doesn't right. come out till next week. That's but okay. I am going to say that this film has got. A amazing score on Rotten Tomatoes and an amazing audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and I have no idea why.
0: Right, that's going to be an interesting, um, interesting review. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it.
1: It was, uh, yeah, it's it's just it's strange. It's one of these these, these uh, anomalies, mind you. Only 208 reviews from critics mm. and 500 plus reviews from audiences. Um, now, Ant-Man and the Wasp uh, there's only 171 reviews of the critics, but it's got 51%. Uh, I'm interested to see what the audience score comes back with yeah. for Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. But it just goes to show you, like, I enjoyed this film. As I said, it's not breaking records. It's not going to be the best film you've ever seen. But for me, it was just an enjoyable ride. Mm. Um, but I'm interested in other people's, uh, other people's ideas as well. So, um, yeah, it's... Um, if you want to know the critics' consensus, the uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania mostly lacks the spark uh, of fun that elevates earlier adventures, but Jonathan Major's Kang is a thrilling villain paused to alter the course of the MCU. There you go. So that, that's what the critics thought, but uh, don't take their word for it. Um, if you're a Marvel fan, you're going to see it anyway. So Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> this is the thing, isn't it? Yeah,
1: go um, see it and tell us what you think.
0: Uh, I'm not too sure if we're ready for a sponsor or. No, no let's just crack couple, on. let couple more minutes. Let's, uh, so, my question, right? Have you seen Kunk on Earth? I did speak about it last week. It's on Netflix. It's a comedian who, like, uh, talks about you know those um, documentaries on Earth and you know. Oh uh, no! I um the the I saw a trailer for the lady from that
1: is in that uh, show with Ricky Gervais.
0: Yes. Yeah. And she's in a show called Mandy and Frayed. So I I mentioned this, Con I've been, you know, a few months ago I kept banging on and on about Colin from Accounts until yes. like yeah. every person I knew had to watch it just to shut me up. Um, I was right, by the way. It is a brilliant show because mm. uh, you did watch it and enjoy it. I did, yes. Yes, you did. Um, and... Kunk on Earth is the same thing. I'm just telling everybody until they watch it to shut me up. So um, apologies, not sorry actually. Um, But I was talking to somebody at work about it and they went through the list of things that they've recently been in, um, this Diane Morgan. And so I started watching a TV show called Frayed, which is an Australian show, and she's in that as well. But I can't figure out if it's a comedy or not a comedy. Um, It's set in the 80s and just, it's very bizarre. Is it funny? Well. Because
1: that's generally how a comedy would be. If it's funny, it would be a comedy.
0: Bits of it are funny. Um, But I think, you know, I've only watched one episode and I just don't know if I'm going to continue watching the episodes because there's other stuff to watch. Um, And I do need to go back and watch, um, is it called Afterlife?
1: Afterlife, yes. Yeah,
0: because... Have you not watched any of it? I've Mm. watched a couple of episodes, but Mm. I think I just stopped watching for I don't know what reason. Well, it's a hard watch. It's not not an easy watch. Yeah. yeah. And then there's another TV show she was in called Mandy, Mm. uh, which apparently is funny but not available in any way that I can find it. Um, And uh, what was the other show I really want to... Oh, Death to 2021. So I've not seen that yet. You guys saw it. Mm -hmm. I know it's. I'm a year behind but i really enjoyed death to 2020 so i I need to see that and i know she's in that so yeah there's stuff to see there's just so many things to see i've got like i started a list of you know things to catch up on like stuff that's on on um prime like the the vowel documentary Mm -hmm. and yeah there's there's stuff to watch
1: I haven't had Prime in a long time, so there's a lot of stuff on there that I haven't seen, and I I, I keep on wanting to like you know, get rid of something, but it's it's really hard because it is really like, hard. I, Netflix, I should be able to get rid of it, but then it's just
0: yeah, it's. I think I could get rid of everything but Netflix. Netflix is the one I watch the most. Mm. Um, But we only have Prime because Chris likes to have, he orders a lot of stuff from Amazon and (laughs) so he gets free shipping. Oh, okay. I I don't see that many things on Prime. It just doesn't seem to have heaps on it. Well, I was
1: watching, actually, we should go to the the, the last ad and then I'll come back and I will finish my thought. That's right. You should do the training program and learn how to do things better better than I can.
0: (laughs) Wait a second, let's have the intro sweeper music. It's
1: unscripted. There you, there you go. Thank you very much. Thank you for that. Um, what was I talking about before? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Um, the 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 Last of Us, the, the game. Oh, did, yes. Did Chris ever play that? Yes. Chris yes. is your husband.
0: Very much so. Yeah. He played that um, a lot. Yeah. So, and we watched the first episode, then
1: now we don't have binge. No not binge, but yes. Because mm. so, I played the last one. It's probably one of the last, like, full Long form games I played, uh, and yeah, I really I did enjoy the game, and I uh, had a lot of recollection of it. So watching the the TV show, I think we're we're up to date like with whatever they had out. We watched it all. Uh, yeah, oh, I
0: think it's three
1: episodes. Yeah, yeah? no, no, four. I think. Four. It's either four or five. Um, so we watched them, and uh, it was really. Like, uh, like as far as a, a adaption of a game goes, it's the best adaption of a game I've ever seen.
0: And, and people who have never played the game are really enjoying it as well. Mm. Like, it's getting very, very good reviews. Apparently the third episode was like should win every award under the sun, so. Well,
1: the the um, the thing they're doing with the the uh, TV show is they're kind of expanding on characters that weren't, you know, really, they're in the game, but they mm. weren't developed in the game and it's like showing people how they're living in this world. Uh and I just thought it was really interesting. And you had um the two actors like playing uh a a love story in episode three that was like, you know, Nick Offerman was the, uh, you know, one of the characters. And could you find the name of the guy who, um, is from white Lotus? Cause he is just exploding. Cause he's, he's in, uh, white Lotus. He's in the last of us. He's in welcome to Chippendales. It's like this Australian actor is everywhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you've got Nick Offerman and, this, uh, and the other guy, they're played... Murray Bartlett. Uh, Murray Bartlett, right. Yes. It's not a name you're going to remember, really, is it? No. Mar- Murray, good old maza Mazza Bartlett, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but they, they play these two guys and you've got uh, Nick Offerman's character is this survivalist. Uh, you know, Some people will call him a prepper. He calls himself a survivalist. Somebody who's getting themselves ready for the, the end of the world, making sure that they're going to be able to survive. And he kind of likes it because he doesn't like people. Don't like people. So when he got a chance to like, you know, erect a fence around his part of the town and keep people out and he's just by himself doing his own thing, happy with that. Until a dude falls in a hole and then he goes and like goes, Alright, got you out of the hole, on your way. And a dude goes, Oh, kinda of hungry. And then that's where it all starts. Right. And to see like a love story, to see like a guy so repressed in his in his sexuality And then to have that opened up by somebody when they could be the last two people in the world Mm. and then to see that, Relationship develop over two decades.
0: Oh, wow. That's cool.
1: It's, yeah, it's pretty amazing storytelling.
0: I mean, and who wouldn't want to be in a relationship with Nick Offerman well, I think and Murray Bartlett, yeah, honestly? I,
1: I think everyone, really. And after you see this episode, I think, yeah, you, know, you should, everyone will. And, and to those you know, people who are just going, oh, I'm not going to watch that. It's two men in a relationship and that's wrong. It's like, uh,
0: do those people listen to us? Those people don't listen to this Probably show. Not. They've already turned off like 10 years ago when yeah. we said something in a appropriate um according to them about um marriage equality. Yeah.
1: But, <laughs> but no this is great. This is like I am really happy like uh, I'm seeing you know more and more and more representation mm. in movies and TV. It's awesome for people to be able to go, "Oh, I can kind of you know see myself in, yeah. the, in that character." Um so no, it's it's very very good, but yeah, that's fantastic. But did you see any of the Super Bowl trailers that uh, came out this week? no because there there was There's been a lot there was a lot of lot of trailers uh, that, that that came out but uh, the um the trailers that uh, i i can't, like i think the really big one it was the flash trailer like uh, and I know uh Ezra Miller has had issues and uh they've they 've held back the release of this film uh, but the 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 trailer came out this week and my God, when you see Michael Keaton as Batman again, it's just like, oh, my God, I'm yes. a child again.
0: That That is exciting. The other day, I don't know why this came into my brain because oh, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how awesome Michael Keaton is because he is. Um, and I'm just like, I said to my husband, you know who my favourite Batman is? And he's like, uh, Christian Bale. And I'm like, no, Michael Keaton so yeah, yeah. Okay, he's is. He,
1: he is my batman there's just uh, that that thats that that is all, all there is to it I mean I, I spent a, a stupid amount of money uh, on the the Batman 89 uh, comics because I missed ordering them in the first place when why is there a batman 89 comic and I don't own it and so I had to uh, I now own like five copies of the first issue because i had to buy five copies to get the uh the cover i wanted but uh, right yeah but no it's 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 worth it and uh i i would like to to sell them to someone else so they can enjoy it as well Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm just really lazy about actually like you know Posting stuff on marketplace or um, yep. other places where you can sell sell your goods. Uh, but yeah, no, that was that was cool. I enjoyed that trailer. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm just hoping that we see more of Mark Keaton as Batman because that Batgirl getting canceled um, that was he was going to be in that movie mm. as well as Batman. Yep. It's like I just want more of him as Batman. Yeah. Um, but there was also a Guardians of the Galaxy episode, Volume Three trailer as well, uh, which was the the story trailer and gives you more of an idea of what's happening in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, so that was cool. I'm looking forward to to see that because that's we know that's the last time we're going to see the these Guardians of the Galaxy in a in a movie. So um, I think that's coming out in March or April. It's not very far away.
0: No idea.
1: Yeah, but uh, one one film I'm kind of looking forward to is Dungeons and Dragons. Do you know, have you seen a trailer for it?
0: I haven't seen the trailer and I know very little about Dungeons & Dragons other than um, I'm pretty sure that was the thing they were playing in Stranger Things in the first season.
1: Honestly, don't really need to know anything about the game. Because uh, it's it's more just about the, the these characters. I think maybe if you the the Dungeons and Dragons is a, a role playing game, so it's all about like your know, dice and you've got a person who's a dungeon master and they're they're you know, making the story up and then people are rolling dice to see whether you win or you lose and that kind of thing. That's not really important. Except I think when you're watching this film, you should keep in the back of your mind. That this film is happening in the heads of like some teenage guys, or let's be let's be honest these days, uh, 30 and 40 and 50 year old guys <laughs> uh sitting around a table rolling dice and, and drinking uh copious amounts of Mountain Dew. So <laughs> I thought you were gonna say beer. No, 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 it's, it's like don't don't be silly, it's like caffeinated beverages because these guys just go for hours. I mean, you saw you've watched um Ghosts. Yes. Yeah. Now you watch the American Ghost as well, haven't you? No. Oh, you haven't. No. Where is that available? Uh it's available on I think it was it's available on uh Paramount. Right, yeah, that's Paramount. why I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um there's an episode where they play uh, like Dungeons and Dragons with the, their their version of the guy with the arrow through his neck. Right. And uh, yeah, so it's a you'll, you'll understand it more once you see that episode. Right. That's what I'm saying. I
0: I don't know if you finished that thought or not, but yeah. um, we've been watching a lot of uh, horrible histories at home, and a lot of the characters for the from the British, um, ghosts. Are from Horrible Histories, Oh, so right. I was like, I know that guy. I'm getting very excited, <laughs> but we've got to get out of here. Oh, but uh,
1: it, uh, Horrible Histories. Yes, that reminds me that Drunk Histories also on Paramount Plus. Ah, and, dr- and not just not just Drunk Histories America. Australia and in the UK as well. Oh
0: man, I got to get Paramount because yeah. <laughs> I think I need to see Top Gun, the newest one, and I think it's only available on Paramount. Yes, so it's very good. Got to get to it. Got to go.
1: Well, I'm going to find it. You just just vamp for a I'll, bit.
0: I'll vamp. So um, I didn't have time to review a new TV show that's on Disney Plus called Not Dead Yet. Uh, it's only got two episodes out at the moment, um, but you know it's a bit of a laugh. Uh, it's about a lady who sees dead people. Uh, because she's writing obituaries, so yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about it next week.
1: And we are going to get out of here. Stay tuned for Quizzy. This has been Ed Sheeran and Bad Habits.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.